0: Good day and welcome back to our pastor's Bible study here at Desert Foothills. Pastors Mark and Jeremy. Yep. Uh, ready to wrap up the gospel of Mark with you today. We're in chapter 16, the resurrection. Let's jump right in. Yeah. Uh, we finished last time with uh, uh, Jesus' death. And, and burial. Ooh, yeah. And uh, that's not the end of the story. There's, There's another more. chapter. You would think when the hero dies, That's when the movie credits say the end. Often. But not here. Not here. All right. Real life. Uh, Chapter 16. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they may go anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, uh, they, said to, uh, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed, <laughs> understatement. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they lay him, but go tell the disciples and Peter. He is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. I'll pause it right there. Because uh by all uh, accounts, uh that is the last verse in the Gospel of Mark. Right. So if you look at uh whatever Bible you're reading, ESV, NIV, King James, they They, all have all of them will have it. They all have this footnote, so Uh, this is probably where I'm going to call it the first edition of of Mark's Gospel ended. You have to remember that Mark was the first to write Mm -hmm. uh, the Gospel uh, account and this was Peter's, uh, much of uh, Peter's memories, Peter's sermons, his stories and teachings and uh, recollections of Jesus. uh, Mark was with him in Rome and uh, writing these things down. And so uh, it's very early on. I mean, this is the first generation. Um, I don't know if it's been a decade, no more than two decades, uh, since these events happened. And so people are really familiar with. Uh, uh, you know, you have Josephus, you have other uh, cultures even that have heard the story already. Mm-hmm. And so this is the this is kind of the the ending point now. It's it's not that he. Uh, was just crucified and buried, but that he rose and the angel testified to the women he is risen he's not here. go and tell the disciples and that's the good news uh, that Jesus was uh, died and he rose. Promises fulfilled yeah yeah promise fulfilled. Now what uh, that doesn't mean that uh, verses nine to 20 uh, were not written by Mark correct? correct? it could have been a second edition as more time passed mm-hmm. Peter, remember Mark was the young one, the younger, mm-hmm. generation younger than the disciples uh, remember he ran away naked in the garden, do you remember that yeah, yeah. story? Remember. Yes. Uh, the Garden of Gethsemane. All right. um, so another 20 years later uh, maybe more people who hadn't lived through it and heard the stories firsthand had more questions about, well then what happened? But then what happened? Uh, and he went back and kind of filled in the final epilogue of Jesus's story so uh, it's not a big deal, I guess. Is that, That's the big point I guess I'm trying to make. I know some people, if they do read their footnotes or something, they are like, wait a second, what is this? Yeah. Early manuscripts don't have verses 9 to 20. What does that mean? Um, that just means that, uh, again, in a second edition, Mark very well, or maybe it was another disciple, a follower of Jesus, said uh, more people have more questions, more details they want to hear, and we'll just kind of put a nice bow on it and yeah. uh, finish this. Uh, the story of Jesus's life and ministry.
1: And either way they don't contradict anything. <laughs> no. Uh, no, no. to, no, no. you know, if anything there's just supportive language that's there.
0: All right. Anyway, I guess that's more of a footnote kind of thing. But so in this first 8 verses um, I, you know, I, this is like my message every every year on Easter <laughs> Sunday uh uh, what were the women expecting
1: yeah. to see? Yeah. It seems like they don't even. I don't even know if they're expecting to see a dead body, right? I would normally I would say a dead body, but they're asking themselves that. Quick. They're expecting to see a rock, I guess, is what they're expecting to see, see, right?
0: They bought spices yeah. to anoint Jesus's body. Yep. Yeah.
1: Right. Uh, again, it's the it's the first day of the week. It's Sunday. They, so they have to wait some time. They don't go right away, you know, to be able to do this. They have to wait. They're being very good at following uh, rules, if you will, and so they wait to be able to go. That's why some time has gone gone by here. Right. But they even ask each other, right, who will roll away the stone from the entrance? They have everything that they need, but they seem not even to know if they're gonna be able to actually access the body. They just go to be able to do it because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. They really don't even know if they're gonna be able to get yeah. there.
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe was some faith there that God will <clears throat> provide a way for them to do their good work. Uh, honor, honor Jesus that way.
1: And so then they're surprised here, they get there, right? Alarmed again. Stones gone, and then, alarmed, yeah. Alarmed
0: is a a mild English word uh, for what that was, and you can imagine, uh, if you've ever been to a
1: cemetery, if you walked in and the crypt was open, uh, that was supposed to be sealed. Yeah, and not just that, right, but then the individual that's sitting there in white. Well,
0: Well, okay, so the stones rolled away, the crypt is open, and then they do something that I don't think I would do. Uh, they went inside, right? I mean, they walked in uh, to the tomb uh, with the, you know, the doors open. They don't know what's going on. Uh, I don't know, that's, a, that's pretty creepy right there. I'd, I'd be too scared
1: at this point. Yeah, and who knows, I mean, sometimes the people's emotions just take over. They're just going for it. You know, They would already come all this way to be able to do this. I like too that when the uh, angel speaks to them, you know, gives them this great news, do not be alarmed, uh, he just tells them exactly, right? There must have been some comfort in that, right? That you're looking for Jesus of Nazar- the Nazareth Nazarene, you know, he tells them exactly what they know. Yeah. And so they, you know, there's like read this connection their that's there. They yeah. know what's
0: happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Instantly. Uh, um, credibility yeah. to this angel.
1: And then those three beautiful words, right? he has risen uh, and then those for the follow you know he is not here and that's the like you said the gospel message just uh, literally in a nutshell in this little crypt you know out in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. that people get to hear it um, i guess post risen jesus for the first time of this promise being being fulfilled and what this means and here this angel gives them then you know uh, a message to continue on to be able to share this, right? I always kind of like that, thinking about that on Easter morning. You know, as soon as they hear this news, He is risen. He's not here. Go and tell people. Mm-hmm. You know, and shouldn't that be the same thing when we hear it? And not just on Easter, but when we receive that message every day, you know, go tell people about this. Right. You know, He's not here. He's, he's risen.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Go and tell. And not just go tell his disciples, but go tell his disciples and Peter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As you remember mark's writing down peter's uh accounts Mm -hmm, of how it happened mm -hmm. and so it's interesting how that got put (laughs) in there i don't know peter want that to be explicit Uh because he had just denied jesus you know two three days earlier yeah um did mark slip that in to to be like oh yeah my buddy peter he's he's good good now he's still in there yeah Yeah. don't worry about him he's good now uh anyway it's just you know he specifically mentions peter here in, in the gospel of mark Um, But anyway, go ahead.
1: Well, interesting with their their reaction, I think, though, right? Tells them to go, but it says that they're basically afraid. Now again, trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb, but they said nothing Mm -hmm. to anyone. And isn't that like our gospel follow-up a lot of times, right? God tells us, hey, go out and tell people about this. But because of maybe fears that we have being bewildered in certain ways that we we don't share it with people you know we do keep it Mm -hmm. to ourselves it's a different type of worry obviously but we kind of follow that that same (laughs) footprint of Mm -hmm. people here and they hear it directly from an angel themselves in an empty tomb and this just goes to the point right of man i've God would just come down and show Himself or send me a little message. Right. Then, you know, then I tell people about it. That man, well, I'd, be I'd be on fire. But obviously, this happens to people that are super close to Jesus. He's told them all, and it, that's not the case. And so often, that is that is the truth. Not always, but so often that is the case. We think if we would see something or experience something, then our lives would be changed. But often it's the contrary. We fall back into our same fears or our worries about different things, and we forget to focus on what is most important. Right, right. That's All right, right. well, I'm to continue on with this uh, uh, additional piece then in verse 9 through 20 as we wrap up here. It says, When Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him and who were mourning and weeping. When they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen him, they did not believe it. Afterwards, Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking in the country. These returned and reported it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Later, Jesus appeared to the leaven as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith uh, and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Whoever, is baptized, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven, and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that had accompanied it."
0: Nice uh, epilogue there. And so we pick up little small details that years later Luke would write down in his research. Correct. So like, uh, where is it, verse uh, 12 jesus appeared in a different form to two of them while they were going on the road to emmaus mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. and that's
0: a that's a long story oh Maybe it's much more
1: drawn out all the details later yeah, it's much more drawn out From, it, yeah, yeah this does this doesn't do it any justice but it but, does support it right
0: oh, i think it's amazing how you can have
1: four four different men
0: right four different not different four accounts uh, of jesus's ministry his time on earth and uh they all have well, they all have the same story. Mm-hmm. He was born, taught, did miracles, taught, you know, three years, suffered, died, rose again. Mm-hmm. Those disciples go make disciples of all nations and then ascends into heaven. Like that's that's the line all the way through. And yet you get uh, maybe a little bit of a detail yep. here in Mark and Luke goes like a whole, I don't know, half a chapter maybe when the disciples go into Emmaus. Oh, it's,
1: it's quite long.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, super good though right and then you can kind of see where Luke goes all the way to um, his ascension Jesus' ascension that's 40 days yeah uh, that Mark's just dedicating you know just a few verses to yeah Uh, but again in this kind of epilogue just to kind of finish the story yeah just kind of hear some bullet points almost yeah
1: Uh, good stuff right um Maybe the only thing to comment on real quick is we get down here to Jesus' words, and it starts saying, uh, you know, whoever believes and baptized will be saved. That's great. Whoever believes or does not believe will be condemned. We hear that message over and over again in lots of different ways, both in the Old and New Testament. Uh, And these signs will accompany those who believe, though. So this is interesting. So we start going down these, in my name, they will drive out demons. You know, we hear about those miracles in Scripture. They will speak in new tongues. You know, we see that in the book of acts but then all of a sudden, there's this interesting curve that comes here they will pick up snakes with their hands they will drink deadly poison and it will not hurt them at all and maybe some of our or readers might read that and be like wait what's he talking about there picking up snakes drinking deadly poison and we've seen uh, some churches right that even have taken this super literally today and have really you know gone after those things. But I don't think there's any really occurrence of showing these things, right? Of being able, at least of the uh, drinking deadly poison. I mean, I think about the story of Paul getting bit by the snake, right? Right, And uh, everybody thinks he's gonna die on the island, but he, he ends up not uh, dying at all. So there's some foreshadowing there. I don't know of any but drinking the deadly poison though. Do you have any unique insight on, on any of that? Cause some of these things, we see and we understand, but some of these kind of stick out just being, they seem more strange, right? They seem more strange.
0: They are. And uh, yeah, no, we're not. We don't literally uh, tempt God with those things. We should never tempt God in any way. No, Jesus no. said that. And uh, actually, these snake handlers, the churches, snake handler churches, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they actually started just outside Chattanooga, where my last congregation was. Oh, you mentioned that to Luther, me one time. Up in the hills of Tennessee, the hillbillies, if you will. Wow. Uh, that's where, and as actually one of the members of my church, because she married a Lutheran, she grew up in a snake handling wow. church. Wow, wow. So that's where the, the real prevalent there. Uh, but again, I don't 100 years maybe, 150 years, is all those those kind of beliefs have been around, uh, act, you know, whatever, I'm trying to act
1: that out. Mm-hmm, hmm uh, I mean, when it gets down to it basically. It's saying that, you know, people that go out in Christ's name, if we look at the simplistic view, that they're going to be able to be strengthened by the Lord, right? And that he's always right. going to be able to to take care of them, that God still performs signs and miracles even after his death and resurrection mm-hmm. through people, still using them to be able to share the gospel. And again, he's kind of leaving them with this before this ascension that's that's mentioned uh, that takes place here. Yeah, and again, the
0: miracles are especially common in... in communities where they do not have the written word of god Hmm. as a testimony so uh my thought i guess uh to wrap up chapter 16 i think about uh when when the disciples finally believe they get it that jesus this man they've lived with for a few years when they finally believe that he is the resurrected Messiah, mm-hmm. the Savior, God's Son,
1: it changes their lives I mean dramatically. Yeah, even further, there's this oh. there's this massive step that's taken at this point, yeah. And I just uh, would ask, I guess you at home,
0: uh, if you believe that Jesus is the resurrected Messiah, how has it affected your life? It's a great question because I think it should. I, I think I don't mean it in a negative way, but I think I think Christians should be different than the rest of the world. That's I think that, that that's a scriptural thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not not necessarily in a weird way. No. <laughs>
1: hey,
0: but even if that would but, be uh, the truth, that's okay too, you know. Yeah. But just our our humility, our patience, our love, our kindness, generosity, uh, well, you go through the fruits of the spirit too—love and joy. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think we need to be—I think we need to be more aware of the transformation that our faith is bringing in our lives, and and, and to push that, to to nurture that, to grow that. Uh, again, not taking it for granted, like we talked about last week about the uh, the important you know, the seriousness of sin, Mm -hmm. not taking God's grace for granted. Uh, Not just that we're forgiven, but also that the Spirit is still in us, living and working and changing us, growing our faith, our love for others.
1: I like your description of transformation there, because when you ask that question to our hearers today, you know, how has the resurrection of Christ changed you? It doesn't just have to be like this one thing, like, oh, it was on this day at that time, it was that... But the transformation that you mentioned Mm -hmm. suggests that it's ongoing, right? And I think there are days that for some reason the Spirit hits me more than others where I do pause and I say, man, what am I doing today or in this time period of my life? And how do I really just need to lean into God right now to have Him reset me so I am more focused on this or on that or being connected with him and i think in those moments i do ask myself you know what does the resurrection of jesus really mean to me and how does that has that changed things and the funny thing is when i when i do i think ask i'm speaking to myself personally about this when i do ask myself that question and i do kind of pause for a minute i think that is sometimes where the lock can kind of hit us like a little bit but then i think it gives us that inspiration by the spirit to alter some things. Mm -hmm. God has given us so much free will and so many abilities to be able to do things with him and for him and for our neighbor that often, all of a sudden you start doing a few things. Man, that's I I think when we really still start getting pumped up, you know? Mm -hmm. And it starts feeling good. You know, when we're in fellowship with other Christians, when we're actually in the word, we're staying faithful in worship, it makes a huge difference in my life, a big, big difference. And I'm saying that even as somebody who, you know, I'm your pastor, you're their pastor sitting with them. Like, I just think you're right. For us to always ask that question almost on a daily basis, I think it doesn't get old, Mm -hmm. but we can continue to be challenged to be drawn in more and more. Of understanding what that transformation process looks like and Jesus because it really is lifelong it's not just here or there it doesn't matter who you are or what age you are it's just this lifelong peace that God allows us to be a part of yeah and, and it's and it can it can be
0: so dramatic you think about these are what fishermen tax collector a doctor mm-hmm. um, and then boom though they are evangelists, missionaries, pastors, like their whole lives, the whole focus, everything that they do changes. And not that everybody has to become a pastor. Um, We can serve the Lord in any role. Uh, But I'll use you as an example, though, uh, how much, from my perspective anyway, how much this faith that that Jesus is the resurrected Lord uh, has transformed your life. Yeah. I mean, you could... You would. You could have been successful uh, in real estate. You, <laughs> you could have been a chef. You could have been a uh, financial, uh, whatever investment banker. Uh, you definitely could have been uh, uh, one of the best clowns in the circus. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> you're probably right on all those fronts.
0: Well uh, this is one that. But I feel, but right? but uh, the, the faith so dramatically impacted you. Uh, you said I want to go and make disciples of all nations. Like, yeah. I want yeah. to be uh, uh, not just uh, uh, in, part of the time, but all the time. Like I want this to be my my career, my vocation, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. my focus. And uh, and so wherever you are, you can be a window washer. And uh, you know. So how does that gonna? How's your faith gonna impact your? Well, you're you're gonna be the best window washer there there is. Yeah. I mean, you're going to be the best example when people look at you and say, wow, Uh, they have integrity, they didn't miss a spot, didn't leave any streaks. Yep. Uh, They always do the best job. Uh, And so whatever it is that God calls you to do, it could be a parenting, a stay-at-home mom. Um, We do it all to the best of our ability to the glory
1: of the Lord. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if there's any better bow that we can put on that one. Again, taking that, that gospel message it's present in all of these pages and you know, accompanying that challenge of being able to share it with others and have it applied in our life, too. you got to love Mark. Mark is a... What <laughs> a gospel. Mark does a pretty decent <laughs> job, yeah. Let's pray. Uh, dear Lord, we thank you for uh, this great news that you have given to us and what a privilege it really is to be able to look back and just know of these things. Uh, Lord, this is something that is written in history for us it's something that is really proven Uh, we know that uh, a person named Jesus existed on this earth that he was put to to death and those are just the elements that uh, we know that are historical Uh, lord uh, continue to evoke in us a faith that makes that just so real to us you know, it's an event that happened literally thousands of years ago, but that doesn't separate it uh, from us any more than if it happened yesterday. And so, Lord, uh, take this good news and uh, make it bright within our lives uh, and do it for us on a daily basis that we may always remember these things and go out as you, your disciples are, as Pastor Mark mentioned, and no matter what vocation we serve. Uh, so we pray for everybody who's watching this, whether that be tomorrow, Uh, Today, or maybe in 15 years from now, uh, that somebody will hear this message, Lord, and that uh, because of the work of your Holy Spirit through your word, you will change lives. And we give you the praise and glory and honor through that in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. All right. God bless you all. Yep.
0: Thanks for the study.